So, you've got uh, a decent assortment of leads here. Uh, does anybody want to try and do a little legwork? More, little more legwork? In which case, I'll start clicking, ticking an inconvenient clock to, to make the purchase, <laughs> basically. Or do you want to start talking about a plan in a detail? I'm good with going to planning. And we okay. can always use a flashback if... We change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And actually, I think there's there's one scene that I was kind of interested in maybe having before we start talking about that, which is um, you kind of wanted to explain things to Chalice, didn't you, Quell? <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to need to at some point. And I, I, mean, I don't want... Like, I don't want to leave Chalice hanging. I think it's one of those things where it's such a delicate line. Because on one hand, it's like, how do you tell somebody, by the way, we're going to get into this, you know, this fortress so that we can help pilot the whole Landberg into the Reverend Assemblage so that the spirits can put a stop to whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's that's pretty harsh. At the same time, though, like, Chalice has proven themselves to be a pretty, like, decent person. And I have to believe that they truly think, you know, that they would not want bad, like, harm to come to the spirits. Mm-hmm. I'd have to think that they would, they would want to put a stop to, like, pain and suffering and, and cruelty. Yeah, it seems like a, a good uh, sizing up of Chalice's kind of headspace there. Yeah, um, and I think Chalice is smart enough that if we said nothing, they'd eventually figure out something was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you want to have this talk with them? I think they're probably, you know, between they their shift could be done. You know, they could be back at the Beluga. Uh, relaxing after work or, you know, maybe uh, starting dinner for the for when the all of you get back. I'm sure they've already noticed that all of you are gone at the same time, oh, which Lord. typically only happens when, uh, you know, <laughs> jobs are in the equation. I think I would take Chalice out with me. Like, I'd probably ask Chalice, like, hey, you want to come uh, check in on Sandwich with me? <laughs> you know, uh, as a way to kind of like get out of the ship for a moment and to stretch our legs and to get a little privacy. Yeah, that was, uh, I'll be honest, I was I was kind of scared of Sandwich when we were in the pit together, but um, they, they seem like a, a sweet giant crab. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him again. All right. So I think, you know, I would go with Chalice and we'd be kind of stretching our legs and um, maybe take Sandwich out for a frolic on the track. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what goes into the proper care and training of of sand crabs. But maybe Mm -hmm. maybe Sandwich just wants some room to gamble about. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) <laughs> just do racing creatures go for a little gamble a little play probably so yeah i figure it's probably evening on subita it's not completely dark yet but um out here on the racetrack hopefully it's empty enough that i can see if there's anybody kind of spying or anybody lurking around and we've got a reason to be here we've got sandwich you know sandwich bonding time Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh shit, I really have no idea how I'm going to have this conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think Quell would kind of watch Chalice for a while and try to assess what kind of mood Chalice is in. Uh, I think Chalice seemed kind of tired, like they're wearing themselves 
pretty thin with all of this um, work at the chop. Mm. Um, but playing with with uh, Sandwich and, you know, like, they probably have, like, a little, like, what is the, can there be pastures on sand? Um, where, you know, no. you can just take them out and get them some exercise that isn't, like, on the track. Um, playing around with Sandwich, you're probably, probably seeing, like, a little bit more of that, like, you know, they're only like 15 or 16. They're still kind of a kid. Um, yeah. And they seem to be enjoying themselves now. Kind of kind of like laughing at, uh, you know, Sandwich's antics as, as they kind of like, you know, the crab kind of like skitters around side to side and tries to, tries to dig under the sand and stuff. It's fun. <laughs> so, Clell uh, would watch this for a while and kind of laugh and then say... Yeah, you look like you have been working, uh, working yourself nearly to death over there at the shop. Why are you putting in so many hours? You don't need to, you know. I mean, I know you guys all are fine with me bumming around with you, but I need, I need, I've got a few things that I need to do, right? I need to make enough money to pay you back and also to put together a plan so that I can get back. And like knowing what I know now, Quell, I can't, I wouldn't feel right just sitting around and waiting. I need to hurry because who knows how many more creatures they kind of pause for a second how many more beings like the mother of many that are just being they they trail off quell nods and kind of gently chucks chalice on the shoulder and it's like well you know we're not much for having a whole lot of money on the beluga but when it comes to having a whole wealth of heart i'd say you fit right in Thanks. Uh, I'm not sure all your crewmates would agree. Quill <laughs>, laughs and is like, you mean Gadget? I think Gadget likes you. Gadget's suspicious of all the people she likes. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I mean, I can honestly say I can't imagine Gadget not suspicious of people. That's fair. It's <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> and, you know, I, I figure we all have different ways of showing what matters to us and who matters to us, right? You know, Myriad is the, the quiet type and Gadget is the uh, inquisitive type. She she checks herself from saying the paranoid type. <laughs> you know, Augustine is the uh, is the captainly type. You know, and that all that means is we all just have a different way of showing uh, who and what we care about. And I would say that we on the Beluga we care about you, Chalice. Thanks. Well. Where were you guys before? Oh, we've been all over, you know, little here and there. We've been Gypsum Heights. We've been at Dime. We've been no, no. I mean, today when I got home, you were all gone. Usually, when you're gone, you're you're planning something dangerous. Uh, well, you know, you know, gadgets from around here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Assuming that isn't a cover identity. <laughs> oh my god, Gadget, you're warping Chalice. <laughs> uh, well, if it is a cover identity, it's a, it's a hell of a good one, because I thought Gadget was from around here. So we popped into town to see if we could stop by Gadget's old mentor's place. And uh, fortunately, I don't think they were in town, but... I think Gadget was able to get some books or things from there. Oh, cool. What about? Well, you know, all manner of things. Half of it I don't really understand. 
you know, how Gadget is with machines and all kinds of gizmos that are beyond me. I mean, I could look at them and tell you what the metal might be worth, but how they work. Uh, well, I know there was at least one book that was pretty interesting about the Ascending Fortress. I mean, that's hard to miss here on Subita. Mm. Yeah, the workers talk about it sometimes, the others on my shift. It um, sounds like a really special place. I'd, I'd love to visit it sometimes, sometime, although it um, sounds like there's kind of some trouble around there these days. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. I mean... It's not moving like it used to, I guess. And I know it seems like there's a lot of people who are interested on in finding out what's inside different groups. You know, everybody, everybody wants to get a taste of the pie. <laughs> Catch it there. That good. Chalice kind of gives you a funny look. <laughs> well, what's with that face there, Chalice? This is this is a nice chat, Quell, but it seems like you're kind of talking around something. Oh, well, I didn't intend to, you know, talk around, but Quell kind of pauses and looks kind of like she's searching for the right words. She really, you know... It doesn't seem like she's necessarily hiding something so much as she really honestly isn't sure what to say. And then she's like, <sighs> so what if, what if you didn't need to worry about finding a way to necessarily pay to get back home? What if, what if getting home was something that was going to happen inevitably? And their their eyes kind of like widen. They're like, you aren't all out there working just to try and find a way to get me back to the assemblage, are you? I, I, I can't ask you to do that for me. What if I were to tell you <laughs> that it's just a, a byproduct or a... Uh, a silver lining of uh, of a job somebody's asked us to follow through on. You know we take all kinds of jobs on the Beluga. A bite? Quell, getting off of the assemblage is one of the scariest things I've ever done. And getting back is going to be a byproduct? I feel like I'm doing this all wrong. <laughs> okay. No, no, I mean, like, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I just... It doesn't... What are you, yeah, what is, what is happening? Yeah, it's times like this I really wish Augustine were here. <laughs> what if, and Quill uh, uh, kind of reaches out and like gently touches Chalice's arm and is like, what if you knew you had a way to potentially help stop a whole lot of suffering. What if you knew that you could do something to make a difference, but you didn't know what might happen to bring that end of that suffering about? What would you do? I mean, if I thought that it was the right thing and that I could do it, then I think they, they kind of like look at their feet, detecting that the conversation is taking a more serious tone, and then I'd, I'd have to do it. And what if doing that thing might mean that while some people are saved and a whole lot of lives are rescued, some other people might wind up getting hurt? What would you do? They kind of look up at you and like, Quell, you're not going to like blow anything up, are you? Not as far as I know. I mean, I don't think I have the skills to blow anything up on purpose. Oh, okay. I just needed to check. Gadget isn't going to blow anything up, is she? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say that Gadget might know how to blow some things up on purpose. I don't 
think that's the case here. One okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, look. You know, you know, you you met with some of the spirits, right? You you met the mother of many. You've seen some of the others or interacted with them, and and you know that they have lives and personalities just like we do, right? I mean, I feel like I'm barely starting to scratch the surface of what I, anybody could know about them, but yeah, it seems like it. So, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say you knew that someone you really cared about, somebody important to you was in danger, right? And you knew you could go and stop them from getting hurt. You'd feel compelled to go do that, right? Yeah. Quill, you're starting to freak me out. No, 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 no. Quill ah, Quell is like really struggling. Truly is kind of wishing that like other people were here, but also kind of like going like, oh God, this could only go worse if like everyone in the ship was here. And finally Quell's just like, ah, can you keep a secret? I mean, you've kept mine. True. What if I told you that some of the spirits, some of the spirits want to be able to get to the assemblage so that they can rescue the other spirits there? They do that? Well, I mean, mean, (laughs) as far... As far as I know, I, I just found out, but... Uh, I mean, that sounds... That sounds... Great. What's their plan? Like, how do you know that... Okay, hold on. One thing at a time. <laughs> they want to rescue the spirit. That's That sounds great. Yeah, I mean... Right. Uh, okay, good, good, right. So, I was like, thank God, thank God. Okay, yes. So... Some of the spirits want to be able to go to the assemblage and rescue the other spirits that are being hurt there. They want to they wanna make sure that they're not hurt again. And we can see why that would be a good thing, right? But as you know, it's not so easy to get to and onto the, the continent. You know that too, right? Oh, yeah, I know it. And you know that the one thing that regularly and reliably makes its way to the continent is uh, new pieces of the continent. That's why we call it the the assemblage well is Subita? Are you are you saying what I think you're saying? Well, I'm just saying you know, what would happen if somehow um a land bird that happened to have a whole lot of spirits affiliated with it somehow wound up connecting with the assemblage so that they could go in and perform a rescue. You kind of like look at the ground under their feet uh, and look up at uh, Sandwich, who's probably, you know, cantering around with some other uh, lobsters out there. And they, they think for a moment and they're like, a bunch of other spirits. I mean, so they're just gonna land the Landberg and come get the other spirits and what? I don't. Quell, I. I don't think that the people back home are just gonna let them take the spirits out. Like, do they have. Are they going to ask for an audience at the Senate or something? So, I don't know exactly how or what they intend to do in that regard. You know, I I don't think they've really divulged that information or necessarily even, you know, formulated a plan that far. But I can tell you that 
I don't think you need to worry too much about finding a way home. I think one's going to find you. And they just kind of like plop down into the sand like, you know, everything they'd been thinking about the last few weeks, all the plans they'd been making of finding some way back, like now their home is going to come to them in a way. And they're just I Well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. Uh, I don't even know if I knew of what I was going to say. Hence my whole talking around things and dancing in circles. And I'm not as well-spoken as Captain. And honestly, I think I just kind of divulged the whole mess of yarn that was in my head and plopped it in your lap. No, I, I appreciate you telling me. I just hope that, I mean, well, if I knew that somebody had taken my sibling and turned them into, and they kind of think for a moment, motor oil, I don't think I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. No, I figure you probably wouldn't be and I mean that's a concern I have too look I don't want anybody to get hurt and I think that it makes sense that they want to rescue their family but I don't want anybody else to lose their family in the process I just don't know how to make the two sides copacetic I wish (sighs) I wish I had some way to get home first. If I could get to the reverend seat, then I could, I could tell them that they were coming and that it was okay, and that they didn't, they didn't need to fight. It was okay. They were the spirits. We can be f- friends with the spirits. They just need to s- stop with their. Mm-hmm. I wish I had some way to get there first. If you say something, then they might be ready, and they might be ready to capture the spirits that come. They might turn them all into motor oil. But if I didn't say anything, then who knows who else would get hurt. But it's all its all hypothetical anyway. If what you're saying is true, then I'm going to get to Subi to the same time as them. Well, nothing's happened yet. You know, uh, look, a lot of this all depends on a lot of factors and... Uh, We don't even know what or how things are exactly going to unfold. But I didn't think it was right to keep you in the dark. And I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you. They, they nod. I don't know what's going to happen either. But I guess I'm staying on Subita. Do you? No, you don't. You don't have to answer that. But um, what? What were you going to ask? You know me. Barely get me to shut up. I was going to ask if you were going to stay too, Quell. Are you going to head out before it's before you're past the point of no return? Well, I don't think I've thought that far ahead yet. But I figured you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not known for thinking very far ahead if you haven't haven't picked that up. But uh, I know that I've got to look out for you or else what kind of big sister am I? And uh, Quell kind of laughs and kicks a little sand at, uh, at Chalice. I think um, without dusting themselves off at all, so they're still all covered in sand, they just not like, too kind much of... sand. Just a little sand, a little grit, uh, kind of like collapse into you and just like give you a big hug. Mm. Pat poor Chalice's head. I'm worried for Chalice. So yeah, Quill gives Chalice a hug and pats their hair and, you know, feels very conflicted, but is at least glad to have spoken about some of what's going on with Chalice and so Chalice knows some of the of the events that have been unfolding. 
Yeah. And uh, Quell still feels very emotional and conflicted. Because, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want anybody to get hurt. It's a weird thing, you know. Le- helping to facilitate an invasion of with spirits of a continent you've never been to. But that is probably doing some shit. It's weird. All right, so you've got that little bit, bit of business taken care of. Sorry if that took a long time. I didn't mean to talk around it quite so much, but I think both I, the player, and the character are like, how the hell are we going to talk about this? I think that was a pretty climactic turning point scene in the relationship between Quell and Chalice, so it was okay to spend a little bit of time with it. So, what is your plan for getting in and getting yourselves and decoy to the core? As a reminder, we have six plan types. We have Assault, where you determine the point of attack. Deception, where you determine the method of your deception. Infiltration, where you locate the entry point. Mystic, where you use an arcane power to get in. In this case, that would be, you know, consorting the spirit somehow. Um, In the connection to the of between things in that way social the social connection you use to get in or transport which is the locations or route you use to get in which i think in this case would probably be covered by one of the other ones hmm hmm we could do that job for the junkers in mm-hmm. a method of deception um to get into where are they? The the manifold, right? That's where they are right now. Yes, um, from what you understand the junkers are probably in the uh, the outer parts of the manifold. Right, um, and then while we are delivering stuff to the junkers guild in the manifold, we like continue past them into the air gap. Okay. Somehow. Um. So. The book that was found in Sister Spring's place, mm-hmm. were any of the, like, were there any pointers on how to get through the air gap once in the manifold? Um, how to get past the air gap, you said? Yeah. Um, yeah, they mentioned um, some bridges that uh, could be kind of temporarily brought down. Um, it's also wide enough that you could bring the beluga in. Uh, it would be tricky, but you could totally you could totally make it happen if you if you were uh, dedicated to it. Um, also, you know, know, there's who knows what kinds of ways you could figure out to do it. There's a bunch of sand in there. You're trying to scale across the ceiling somehow. I don't know. Um, but the thing that was mentioned in the books, the ways that they seemed to do it in the old times, was they used these retractable bridges. Hmm. Um, oh, and as a reminder, uh, if you are delivering these supplies to the junkers, then the first obstacle on that would be getting it past the uh, delts because the delts you know, they got that and lucky. Yazoo. AKA Gadget's dad. Uh, <laughs> and Yazoo, uh, and I'm pretty sure we still like have a bounty on our heads by the Protectorate Affairs, don't we? Yes. And even worse, Gadget might get grounded. I might get grounded, you guys. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, we're grounding the whole darn Landberg into the Reverend Assemblage, but you know what? I mean, like, the, the scarier grounding, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh, Gadget. They would take away your power glove for, like, two weeks. Mm. <sighs> What even is a week in this universe? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're called twelve days. It's two days more than a ten day. That's that's worse than a <laughs> than a week here. <laughs> um. So we could fall off the edge of the landberg on the sands and get sucked into the air gap with the beluga. I feel like that's too similar as riding down the water in Dime. (laughs) But it worked. 
to a certain extent. Like, you wouldn't be going all the way through, though, right? Because if you went all the way through, then assuming there wasn't a point that well, there was a cutoff because it's designed to, you know, it's, it's made to have to move grains of sand through it, not skyships. <laughs> assuming you were able to fit through the entire way, you wouldn't actually be any closer to your goal. Um, mm. You'd need to break out at some point to actually remain inside the facility. Could we somehow use the precursor artifact that we have to create like um, a way for us to phase into the <laughs> fortress? That seems a little bit more our style. I feel like that precursor artifact melds things together, not like like it makes things into half and half, not like in and out, right? Mm. That's how that's been working. See, when you have a kid and a dog... Oh my God. No. <laughs> well, what if we melt no. part of the fortress no. with the sand? It becomes sand. We can get in there. You could. You could try something like that. Yeah. Uh, make your own way in. Uh, you haven't used. So thus far, the only time you've intentionally used the phasing together parts of the uh, power glove is when you were having that race, and it was like a panic button. That just kind of <laughs> generally did something in the direction of, you know, the other racer as like a last minute, um, uh, a last ditch effort. Trying to fuse together sand and the wall of the manifold so that it, um, mm-hmm. in this kind of precise way to get you in, would be a step up. But not saying you couldn't do it. It would you could totally be something you could go for. Um, I'm, I'm just making sure that I'm, I'm setting the table appropriately of, you still don't n- really understand that much about how this damn thing works. It just kind of ended up in Gadget's power glove one day. Tell me more about the retractable bridges from what we read. Um, I think, let's see, there were probably three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what you know, none of them are still in repair. They just, uh, in working order. Um, you know, I think as it went across the ages, the Children of the Wire didn't really want to, like, add new mechanisms. That's not really their philosophy. Um, they, the bridges kind of, like, broke down over time. Uh, but you could try to maybe fix them up or, you know, um, retrofit them in some way. Uh, from what you understand, they're, like, they're, you know, physical objects that fold out over the space and kind of like meet each other halfway. Okay. We can find a way to smuggle gliders in and use the upflow in the air gap, the upflow of sand and air to just buoy us across. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> you need to acquire an asset for gliders because I don't think you ever took that as an upgrade. We but, could. Uh, we still have sandwich. Do. Oh my god. Is Sandwich going to come into the Ascending Fortress with us? <laughs> Sandwich is so fast, they can run across the individual grains of sand. <laughs> so what we do... Actually, now that we I'm use the bull- about- <laughs> oh, Sorry, what were you saying? So what we do is we use the beluga to take Sandwich down underneath, and then someone will ride Sandwich up the sand flow. <laughs> You know, into the air gap. Uh, so I do have the ability to propel uh, myself briefly with superhuman speed. I wonder if I could do that with sandwich, we could, <laughs> so we could just like run across the sand as it's flowing upward. Super sand crab speed. <laughs> and sandwich is already really fast. Well, I can also throw a table-sized object with dangerous force, and I'm pretty sure Gadget is lighter than a table. Oh, Lord. Gadget is, ta- <laughs> Gadget is table-sized. So, just to just wrap her and bubble wrap and just lob her over. Hurl Gadget across the air gap. <laughs> 
I, I like how Quell's all like, there was this guy who looks just like you, big, buff, and muscular. Like, none of those words describe me. And then, like, four <laughs> seconds later, she's like, yeah, lighter than a table. Make up your <laughs> mind. Looks like you, but <laughs> big, buff, and muscular. A big, buff, muscular version of Gadget. Like, if you took Gadget's head and you put it on Johnny Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not Johnny Quest. Oh God, Johnny Bravo! Johnny Bravo! Johnny Bravo! Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I will I will direct us back to the plans. Uh, we have assault, deception, infiltration, mystic, social, and transport. Which one of those are we sounding the most interested in so far? I mean, if we do the sandwich going up into the air gap, that's an infiltration, right? That's an entry point. I mean, so the plan with that is to, like, fly the beluga up there and then have Sandwich <laughs> leap off into, like, toward the turtle core. Is that the, is that the plan? <laughs> is it the that wasn't a core? serious... <laughs> Can we put oh, a parachute on no. Sandwich? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have any crab-sized parachutes. Uh, you can, can acquire an one? asset. <laughs> so yeah, if you were trying to get past the the delts in the front, then you would probably either be doing it socially or maybe deceiving them. If you were just trying to come up from the underside of the Landberg and saying, you know what, screw it, you guys can have the manifold, then yeah, that could totally be um, an infiltration, perhaps. Uh, if you were trying to uh, dissolve the wall of the manifold and make your own entrance so you don't need to worry about the delts, then that could be mystic, which we haven't actually used before. I mean, if we want to try and talk it, I can try and talk it. That seems too dangerous. <laughs> I mean, I do have... I took the subterfuge, so if things go wrongly, I can just use my special armor to resist a consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Also, potentially have. So we have Gadget, who's really. who has ties with the Children of the Wire, right? This is a Children of the Wire facility. And Gadget is really good at hacking things. So you know how like in hackers, when they say hack the planet, <laughs> we could have Gadget hack the Landberg. Um, I have a question. Yes? Uh, Gadget found Sister Spring's last research, research journal entry. Um, and that had different entry points, correct? Um, that wasn't listed there. When you were uh, looking at the, um, when you were looking at the uh, the, the the books, you it kind of had some mention of uh, how the children of the wire would get in and like other potential entry points. Um, you'd probably need, if you wanted to go in that way, you'd probably need to do a little bit more scouting in person um, to actually be able to effectively do that without basically just going up to a side of the fortress and being like, well, I think this is it. <laughs> um, which you could do. Uh, I would just tick a clock once because you're gathering a little more information. But, you know, it was just a clock. Okay, I have a note here that said Sister Spring also had entry points but yeah i, I mentioned yeah, that it would just the, be uh, more difficult the book uh the, okay, the books that, that was she, the book. she read yeah okay got it so we could look for entry points on the the thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so thinking about this, Gadget, mm-hmm. you have both Analyst and Construct Whisperer, right? Correct, yes. So the Ascending Fortress, we know, is not just a building. It's clearly mechanical. 
Uh-huh. It's doing a lot of things. So it clearly is a machine and also must have some kind of operating system in place for it to be functioning. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm wondering if you can either speak with the fortress itself or if you can somehow hack the ascending fortress to at least get some kind of like layout um, for us to establish an entry point that will let us forgo conflict with uh, the Junkers Guild and the Delts. Because like, even if we made it past the Delts, we then have to deal with the Junkers Guild, who it sounds like are in, uh, potentially going to be in league with the Azure fleet. And mm-hmm. if we're hoping to be able to use the Ascending Fortress for what we want to use it for, uh, having to deal with them is not just going to be a one-time thing. Having like mm-hmm. anybody that we have to deal with, we're going to have to continue to like throw off our tail. I like the way you're thinking because there has to be a way to communicate with the Ascending Fortress because there is a reason why the Children of the Wire use that, you know, as a significant location. Yeah. Oh. So I'm sort of thinking about that, like that you would potentially have ways to do that or could try to do it. So do you want to uh, see if you could kind of survey the the outside of the fortress to see if you could kind of put things together with these diagrams and find a find an entry point? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. So let's see. Could uh, we? Go ahead. Sorry, I was just thinking. Uh, we would want to be kind of um, stealthy in doing that. Mm-hmm. Could we yes. have <laughs> someone? Could we have somebody like Augustine, who is a really talented speaker slash liar, um, <laughs> potentially like help run interference in that regard? And this is just to gather information. Um, so. So, but like, I, I guess if you're saying, like, could you have him rolling like consort or something to gather the information? Yeah, I'm no, to... I know. I meant more in the sense that, like, if we are going to go gather information, not only are we attempting to gather information, but we're also attempting to control who might be able to perceive us gathering that information. Mm-hmm, like, right. we don't want to just like walk up in front of them and be like, "Hey, guys, hold on." I'm just popping up at a panel here on the old Ascendant Fortress. Nothing to see here. Don't worry. Bye. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we could have this be like a, a setup move, I guess. Um, and if somebody was skulking around the outside, say, to try and find this information, then Augustine could... Um, you know, uh, head up to the delts first and do something to, uh, you know, try and occupy them to leave you more room, uh, give you a better window. Yeah, you could definitely do something like that. Oh, God, yeah, especially because if Gadget's dad is with the delts there, we really Mm -hmm. don't want your dad to see you there. Uh, all right, so, yeah, let me start framing this. Uh, Ordinarily skulking around to try and find this would be, uh, let's see, I think it would be Desperate Standard. And it's standard because you have that book to consult. Otherwise it would be limited. Um, Now Augustine could try and set you up to either improve your effect or position. And that costs... In this case, uh, I'm kind of rolling over from fortune rolls to like standard setup actions and stuff. So it would be just an action of some kind on your part. Like, what are you doing to distract the delts? I could go and tell Gadget's dad that I have information on Gadget and that might stir up some... (laughs) Ooh, I like that one! (laughs) Maximum drama! (laughs) Reckless Augustine! I love him! Okay, uh, so, um, like, you're basically, like, wanting to arrange a meeting with some, some of the local delts, and 
and just kind of tell them like so i know where your your beloved missing daughter is like but without being like hostage situation about it (laughs) (laughs) well i was kind of thinking just walking up and up to the barricade and like calling or like loudly passing on the information that i have um information on gadget so that it makes it where it needs to be in kind of because i'm sure it would because he's the leader right or he's high up in the delts yeah from what you understand it's kind of more of a distributed situation but he is a he is a mucky muck yeah so i i figure it would kind of stir things up and kind of get people distracted while they're doing their thing Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, let's, uh... You've got leverage there, so if you kind of shout that over the wall with your hands on your, your little your svelte Augustine hips, then, uh... Yeah, go ahead. Risky standard. Uh, sway. 655. There's our six. Nice. Alright. Yeah. Give gambit back. Augustine's like, you know what I'm good at? Stirring up the shit. <laughs> uh and i think we you know you kind of call over and you just kind of hear a distant voice say like what what did they say and the person on um, you know it's not like a tall like barricade wall or anything they probably have some junk dragged out just to make it hard for people to pass they turn around they say this this person says they know where uh where gadget is and just like a, a bull charging through the camp, <laughs> <laughs> leaving a dust trail, is this muscled muscled individual who you first saw back at the bar with Yazoo saying, you know, wait, do they, do they t- refer to you as Gadget? How does your dad refer to Gadget? Uh, I think it is stereotypical <laughs> dad kind of a way, like they get the name wrong at least once or twice before landing on the correct name. Uh, okay. not, not due to carelessness, that's just like dadism. <laughs> you know where my gadget is? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? You! What? You in the in the white suit! You talking about my gidge? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've I've, uh, Heard some uh, tales of where she's been. Everybody, everybody, get over here! Uh, and um, they're like, "What?" And he's like, "This guy knows where Gitch is." And they're like, "Oh, Gitch, and we love her." Uh, and they uh, they all start huddling um, and cut from Augustine with an instant uh, assembled audience. This guy who's like so excited doesn't know whether to kiss you or strangle you uh, because you know, like you've been holding out on him. Um, but also, you know where his daughter is. Um, and we can cut from that scene, which I'm sure we can revisit later, to whoever's doing the sneaking. Uh, it was going to be desperate standard. Are you giving better effect or better position, I guess? Then? Uh, who's rolling what? Great question. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a skull. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Likely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would have more limited effect if it was a study because you'd be far away. Well, I can sculpt somewhat well, um, but I I can't hack as well as as gadget. We don't have uh-huh. to hack right now. We're yeah. just looking for the entrances. We're just skulking around, looking for looking for the entrances. Yeah, hacking would be actually getting in. Right now you're just trying to find a spot. Yeah, we're just trying to find a spot without getting caught. I see. G- Gadget can't do this. And I don't even mean that my dad's there. I mean that, like, I'm the least conspicuous person on the team, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> least inconspicuous, I mean. Uh, you know, <laughs> I could do it. Um, and if anything bad happens, I am... Um, the most likely to be able to resist any harm. I mean, mm-hmm. you've killed before. 
That is true. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe Quill should get... No, no, it might be interesting if Miria does it. Let's do it. Yes. Is there any way um, I can also help Miria? If you spend the stress and you help. All right. Uh, I think our connection clock is at, like, one, so... Yeah. Uh, we can only... It's only one... One help. Let's see. Well, I found my connection with Miriam. My connection clock with Myriad is at like three. It was, but it reset. It reset. Oh, it did? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I think it okay. did. Oh, or maybe my connection clock with you is at one. Does it? Do, do they both do, they do reset? it at the same time? Oh, sorry. No, no, they don't. It's uh, it's unidirectional. So if yours oh, hasn't okay. ticked over yet, then you're still at three. Uh, well. I, th- I thought yours had ticked over. That okay. would fill me up with a lot of stress, though, and we don't get another opportunity to get rid of it, do we? Nope, not unless you want to, like, spend a credit to do another cut loose. Mm, I might, might doing that. And depending on how it looks, I might tick up more clocks just to represent, you know, the passage of time. In that uh, case... I do want to Um... Well, if we think that Myriad can, uh, I if we think that Myriad can do it without help, then that's that's okay. I mean, I just I want to be able to help in some way, but uh, <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> um. Well, you could. Do you still have any special armor, or did you spend it all? I think you spent it all. I think. Yeah, I don't know when it resets. It's been a while. It resets when you pick load, which would be uh, coming up. Okay, so to revisit, Myriad, if you're skulking to find an entry point, by default, you would have desperate standard skulk. Augustine fully succeeded at the setup. Augustine, are you granting improved position or effect? Do you want the experience? Because <laughs> um. I don't want to take away your... Experience if you it's always are fun in need to be desperate, you know? It's always, <laughs> okay. it's always fun to make things more precarious when things go wrong. So effect. <laughs> Alright, so that's desperate great. And uh so Miriam with a skulk. As always, you can push yourself, you could desperate devil's bargain, and you have a gambit to spend since Augustine did such a good job back there. Uh, I don't suppose we could do more than one assist. Uh, as many people can assist on a roll as you want, and I don't think anybody's actually any. Nobody else has assisted here. There's just been a setup. Well, I recently found out that Myriad's just a normie, so maybe they can borrow some of my spy gear. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. If you uh, pay the stress cost, then that would be a great way to represent it. All right. Uh... And this That's is actually right. Gadget stressing about not having all of her equipment on her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. So I'm guessing you'll give a, a bonus die there. Okay. So that's desperate. Great. One bonus die. Uh, would you like to spend the gambit? Keep it, Keeping in mind that you will reset to your base count of gambit anyway when you pick load. Yeah, I'll spend the gambit. All right, desperate, great. Two bonus dice. Anything else? Um, uh, no, that's that's good. Desperate, great. Two bonus die. Yep. Skulk. Oof. Oh, good. Dramatic <laughs> dice. <laughs> got a so six, dramatic. A six and two threes. Uh, all right, so yeah, I think you find a really promising spot. Like you're looking, you know, we we get cut from uh, over Augustine's shoulder as uh, they're circled by all these these delts. They're not all as muscular as your dad, Gadget, but many of them <laughs> are quite buff. Um, uh, to Myriad, um, you know, perfectly timed this operation. Of course, Myriad and Augustine they know each other's rhythms so well by now. Uh, just slipping past the the, the line, perimeter line, um, kind of 
looking down at a, a book uh, at the book, you know, or maybe you've transferred the etching or, you know, traced over the, the drawing and you find a spot on the wall with a, um, it looks like just a panel line, but you reach, you kind of slide your hand down the side and you find a point where it looks, uh, you could kind of like manipulate it. You could like lift it up um, and it looks like it should be able to pop up. Um, and, you know, you'd think people would have found this by now, right? But the Ascending Fortress is almost always moving. So it actually wasn't that easy to find when it was moving before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you found a, a great point of entry that isn't uh, closely guarded by the delts. Um, I am still going to tick that clock up by one because mm-hmm. you spent a little extra time here. But that's okay. Because that was very productive. So, Myriad has found you a good a good way in, a good starting point. Uh, Augustine is uh, having a great conversation uh, and doing a perfect cover job. Are we doing an infiltration plan? I think so. It certainly sounds like it. Okay. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this clock. I don't need to do question marks. Mm-hmm. I'll just do uh, Vert's quote solution. That's what's getting closer. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, well, I spelled Vert wrong. It's V I R T. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's that's okay. I don't think he'll be mad. Um, <laughs> or he, if he is mad, he'll never tell you. Uh, <laughs> all right, infiltration entry point. Let's. Talk about uh, engagement roles, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Uh. <laughs> Is this operation particularly bold or daring? Uh, overly complex or contingent on many factors? Uh, yes. We have six different factors going on right here. I think that's <laughs> more complex than average. Okay, so I think both things are true. So it's just going to be a straight die roll still. <laughs> because uh, if, you, if it's bold or daring, you get an extra one. But you also have a lot of different things in mind, and you don't have a perfect scheme to overcome them all. But, you know, can't blame you for that. There's a lot going on. So we're still at one. Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability to a target or hit them where they're weakest? Take plus one D. Yep, you get plus one D because you have that entry point. Uh, so we're at two. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? Uh, take plus one D. Are any enemies or rivals interfering in the operation? Take minus one D. I think we can account for the aid being in there with three. Yeah, because uh, you've brought in some some contacts here. Uh, are there any other elements you want to consider? Maybe a lower tier target will give you plus one D. Maybe higher, minus one. I think, again, it probably washes out here. And I like it when there's three dice because it means uh, all the all the players get to roll. Uh, or wait a minute, no, there's four. Why do I always think it's three? It's because one of my other groups has three players. Uh, let's see. I think it's I think it's probably two d six on this engagement roll, unless anybody mm-hmm. else has any uh, anything to to note there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, pick your load. And then I'll make this roll. Going normal. I've never unticked heavy load, so we're good. <laughs> okay, normal for Augustine, heavy for Gadget. What about Myriad and Quell? I think I'm going heavy. Mm, and normal. we get that bonus, because we get that bonus one. You do. How about you, Quell? I think I'm probably going to go normal because I like to be able to move around. All right. Makes sense to me. Let's hit it. Okay. A four and a two. That means you'll start out in a risky position, which that's just scum and villainy, baby. Risky positions. (laughs) All right. Uh, We have our loads picked out. We know you're a point of entry. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we, we see the crew coming together, checking their gear one last time, getting ready to, to roll out, uh, picking the optimal time to, to move out, um, 
maybe Augustine and Gadget do for a conversation later. Uh, but, you know, don't let this distract you when you're on the job, right? Um, it's going to come up while on the job. <laughs> oh, no. I think we see a cloud break uh, again as we kind of pull out from the Landberg with uh, the flotilla Tanzanite underneath. Um, and then above, we also see another skyship pulling in a um, very well-equipped Azure Fleet frigate is pulling into port. And uh, it looks looks like Vert's reinforcements are on the way. But uh, you're going to have a pretty good lead on them, at the very least. 